Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. My name is Ben Chapman. I'm one of the pastors here at Luminous Church, and I'm just so glad that you made it out to church this morning and just um, braving the 4th of July weekend and everything else. Did you get any sleep this past week with all the fireworks and whatnot? Um, it's it's kind of crazy. It probably depends where you live, whether you're in the country or you're in the in the inner city. So um, anyway, I'm so glad that you're here. If you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28 is where we're going to be. Um, we're starting or we're in a series called Every Nation. This is the organization of churches that we are a part of, that Luminous Church has joined up with. And we talked about just uh, values of every nation. We talked about church planning and campus ministry last week. And today we're going to talk about missions. We're going to talk all about missions and what is missions and what does that look like. And I invited my um, dear friend, Megan Ulmer. Uh, she, she took a flight all the way from Turkey <laughs> to here. And uh, she's actually been here for about a month. And then she'll head back in a few months, but um, she's going to be here. She's going to share with us what God's doing over there. She has a great slideshow and just so what God's doing in that country, and I think you're going to be encouraged by that. Every Nation is, is, a, is a worldwide group of uh, a worldwide family, spiritual family, and, and their, their mission is this. Uh, it's a worldwide family of churches and ministries that exist to honor God by establishing Christ-centered spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. That's who they are. That's why they exist. It's, it's who we are a part of. I loved that, that video with Macau and just looking at that church. It kind of looked like us in a shopping center, about 300 people and, and, and, and just packing in services in a small space. And I, I just want to encourage you because I know in the West, there, there's some churches that actually have back rows and here we only have front rows. And so I appreciate you coming in on the front row with us and, and, and diving in because I believe that God wants to do something in in and through your life this morning. And so every nation, by 2020, we're going to be in six new countries, Iceland, Jordan, Lesotho, Lebanon, Romania, and Russia. So we're going to be in six new countries by 2020. That's awesome. Let's give God a hand for that. And it is, it is our, our mission to be in every nation and to be on every campus to share the gospel. And, and why is that so important? Why is it so important for us in San Antonio, Texas, to care about Romania, to care about these countries, to care about these, these, other, these other governments? And, and why does it matter? And it's because of this is um, Matthew 28, 19. And we all know this, but I want to I read it because it's something that we want to get in our soul. Jesus, one of his last statements and his last words to his disciples was this. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' command to the disciples was to go. And for all those who come and place their faith in Christ, you become a disciple of Christ. And that commission is also our commission. It also puts us on mission in San Antonio, in our neighborhoods, and wherever we go. God cares cares about making disciples. He cares about his message getting to the ends of the earth. And there are still unreached people groups have never heard the gospel. There are still Bibles. Um, there, there are still over a thousand Bibles that have, or a thousand languages that do not have a Bible in their native tongue. They, they, they, we have a mission to go, that God has called us to go and make disciples. William Carey said this, to know the will of God, we need an open Bible and an open map. An open Bible and an open map to know the will of God. And this is our heart as a church is to go. And, and, and as an early age, when I was in a church that talked about missions and growing up in an every nation church, I, I prayed over countries. I prayed that God would reach people groups that were unreached. Uh, End of the Spirit was one of my favorite books. Uh, and, and just talking about going to the countries, going to the nations and sharing the gospel. I remember being a child in my my dad would read about mission journeys as we're getting ready for bed, and he's talking about these people who went before us, who shared the gospel around the world. It got into our DNA, and as a result, we wanted to be so a part of that. I want to be so a part of reaching other nations. And so as a church, we take short-term mission trip every year. We go to, we go to 10 days a Baja trip normally where we build a, a church and a house in Baja, Mexico, and we share the gospel and we do street evangelism. It's an empowering moment where you get to share your faith and we'll be going again in December. We'll be taking a group over Christmas break to Baja, Mexico. It's going to be too cold to swim, so we're just going for the gospel, not vacation, and it's going to be amazing. So we want to invite you into that. But today I want to invite one of our missionaries Megan Ulmer, and we support her at the church. We raise, she raises partnership through Luminous to support her mission, and God's doing an extraordinary thing through her. She just got engaged, which is awesome, awesome. And so we're, we're going to stop our Facebook live feed. We're going to stop our recording because the things that you're going to see in this video before she comes up are some sensitive things that we, we don't want other people to see. We don't want to risk anybody's life in, in maybe a little persecuted area where, where your life is on the line, where, where when you share the gospel, it really does matter between life and death. And so we, we don't want that. So we're going to cut that feed. I'm, I'm dragging it out so they cut the feed. That's what I'm doing. I'm dragging out this transition we're going to cut the feed and then as megan's talking she's going to be talking about some sensitive information she's going to share for a little bit and then i'm going to talk about just the doctrine of missions and why it matters even more so recently we've had more people come to faith through these other women who and we've just been seeing like they it's really exciting in the season because they're really starting to take more ownership of the church itself i mean it looks different it's more like cafe to cafe so it's not building, it's still very organic <laughs> in this season, but they are getting vision for having a more, you know, out in, in real life church and what that means for them. 
And so I, even this last time before I came, I was meeting with them. And just in this one meeting, these brand new believers who came, they were like, we need to start like bringing people over to the house to have like a time of like praying for them for healing and telling them about Jesus and like we've received this good thing like we need to tell them and so it's just really exciting to empower them to do that. We really believe in like a immediate responsibility kind of handoff of like if we want them to grow in leadership and even before they come to faith, you know, obedience that we would be able to really empower them in what's in their heart to do and so just beginning to empower some of these new believers and in August we'll have five more uh, baptisms for these women so that's really exciting I mean it's just growth um, and then navigating you could be praying navigating how to really help support them well you know in the journey because there's also like their husbands you know there's um, oppression or just things that are needed to navigate and God needs to break in but our really our prayer for this year even as I transition eventually uh, to mainland Turkey is that God would really establish his church there and that these women would be really rooted and grounded in his love, that they wouldn't be wavered, um, that we would start to really see a family movement. It wouldn't just be, I, I love that God's doing a woman movement, but we want to see family movements. We look at the book of Acts and one person came to faith so that the whole family would come to faith. That's always the like, that's what God wants to do. And so we're believing that God's going to break into their husbands. They're believing for it. We're standing with them, praying, fasting with them, that the, the God would break in in this way. We need to see men come to Christ. I think that's, we need men to raise up in that country, in that nation, to be an example to their families and an example to those around them. Um, there's a bunch of other exciting initiatives there in Cyprus, um, like a drug addiction initiative that will probably launch. We also, I don't know if I said this, but a human trafficking initiative. Um, so just for my team as well, you could be praying. Um, there's a lot of other exciting things happen there. And as Ben said, I did get engaged. So I spent a lot of time as well in Turkey. Um, he just came out from his refugee status, is now a citizen, a uh, resident. So you could also pray for our immigration things because it's very interesting and intricate and I don't know if I'm going to have to change policy just to get married or something. That's kind of what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> I'm like becoming a politician. I'm just kidding. It's a joke. <laughs> don't wanna, um, but yeah, really pray for favor for us because it is not an easy road. Um, we're hoping to be able to get married this year. And then we just got made the, with our organization. They asked us to be the leaders over Turkey. So we will transition there. Um, he's a part of a church that's has 26 other churches in the country, and so he's in charge of six to eight of the ones in some areas. He's an assistant pastor there. He preaches on Sundays. Um, so he has a fairly, you know, large responsibility already um, there, but we've kind of started this new initiative of training and developing local leaders, and so he has, in this next month, he'll have five, two Af from Afghanistan, some from Iran, Azerbaijan, Turkey. He, he kind of can touch a lot more people than I can. I'm like the Turkish. That's pretty much my only language I have. You know, I think as Western people, we're like, we'll learn one language. I'm like, whoo, someone asked, are you going to learn Farsi? And I'm like, oh, I barely learned one language. What are you talking about? Learn another la language. <laughs> I'm Western. I don't know. Oh, 
but yes, Lord, give me more languages. That would be helpful. Um, but he can just reach a lot of different variety of people with Arabic, Farsi, Turkish, which is amazing. Um, so we just, this year, really praying on how to start that initiative, raising up local leaders. Um, we are partnering, in a sense, with the underground local church in a very more difficult place, but they speak Farsi and he speaks Farsi. So our first initial Farsi speakers, their underground church has hundreds of churches. So they really are going to teach them on how to make disciples that make disciples that we can see, you know, a fourth generation church discipleship making movement. Um, So they'll be training them. And so we're just praying on how to go about that. But um, that's pretty much that update. I just wanted to leave a little bit of a encouragement with y'all. Uh, when I was praying this morning, I just felt um, to leave y'all Second Timothy 2.1. You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I love that Paul, even earlier, he was speaking to Timothy and how he even spoke to Timothy, his son, his disciple, in such an affectionate way. I love that. Every time I read that, it's just like, wow, like, man, the way he spoke about his disciples and the ones he was pouring into as their very own son. And yeah, this is the way he said to guard what is entrusted to you, but that, that what we have been given, it wasn't meant to stay there. But that gospel that we're entrusted to, that there's a responsibility there, that we're to give it to others, that we see in 2 Timothy 1 and 2 that there was a generational baton giving that happened and that we ourselves are in that race. Like we have a baton and we have influence and we know people and we can give it off or we can keep it to ourselves. And that is... Like, whether the kingdom moves forward or not, like, we've already been given the assignment, we've already been given the gospel, and we have a choice. Are we going to give the gospel what what has been entrusted to us, to our neighbor? Are we going to give it to our family? Are we going to give it to the people we come in contact to? And it does take boldness, and it takes courage, and we need God to do that. But he has already given us all we need in Christ Jesus in order to play out what is in his heart. Like, I mean, even as the song we sang, God is for us. Like, we're, we're victorious because he's already, he is victorious. <laughs> like, we've been given it. And so my exhortation or charge to us, you know, as a church is let us guard what is entrusted to us, but not just guard it, but to Give it to the faithful men, those who will tell others about the gospel in our daily lives. And really, um, one other thing that I was thinking is, you know, to hear, O Israel, the hear word. And this is what I've been so provoked by the Middle Eastern church is the hear word in the Old Testament. When you hear, you acknowledge and you obey. So hear, acknowledge, obey. You do it all at the same time. There's no, like, you hear, and maybe like two years pass, and then you decide to obey the word of God. You hear the word, and you obey it. And um, that is what I feel about that entrusted. Like, I've been praying, like, Lord, make me 
a obedient disciple of Jesus. I want to be one that hears, acknowledges, and obeys the word of God and keeps it simple. And so that's my prayer for y'all. I guess I could pray for y'all and yeah. whatever it's, yeah. yeah Come so. on, let's give Megan a hand just real quickly before, <clears throat> before Megan prays. Uh, I just wanted her to come up here and just kind of just be Megan. And, and so you got to see how Megan is. She's, she's fun. She's silly. But then she's passionate. And she has this, this uh, energy that's just, just excited for the gospel for people. So if you sit down with her at coffee, she's just like this. She'll, she'll laugh, and then she'll get in your face, and she'll start discipling you. And, uh, and I know that this is Megan here, and this is also Megan in the Middle East, that she is, she is passionate about sharing the gospel. Ahmed is Iranian, who is a missionary in Turkey. He's trying to get his residency or in the process of getting that in. And then they're engaged. So you know right now to, to marry an Iranian man is very challenging right now, uh, especially with this administration. And so, so we're just praying for them. And it's her big desire that her mom would get to meet Ahmed before they get married. So we're just going to believe for that, believe that God can do that and work out a miracle and, and just be able to get him here on a short-term uh, visa, which would be so great. And then they're, they're going to spend most of their life overseas doing missions and building the church. And so um, let's pray for Megan, and then I'm going to have Megan pray for you in Turkish. And so I think that would just be amazing. So would you extend a hand towards Megan, um, invite Pastor Austin and Voltaire to come up real quickly? Sorry. <clears throat> let's extend a hand. We're just going to pray for her as she's just here in the States, finishing raising a partnership team and just believing for great things. So Jesus, we just thank you right now for Megan. We thank you for this mighty woman, God. We thank you for the, the, how women are responding to the gospel, how, how many have responded to the gospel, God. We even thank you for those baptisms next month, God. We thank you for just new believers in the 1040 window, God. We just pray, God, for more increase, Lord Jesus. We just pray, God, that you would just bring fruitfulness to her life and through her life. God, with this residency thing with Ahmed, God, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you you would just work it out, Father. We celebrate their engagement, God, and we just know that this couple is going to do more together than they would apart. And so, Lord Jesus, would you just bless that and bless this time and this season, Father God. I just pray for patience. I pray for fruitfulness, God. I pray that you would use them greatly in mighty ways in Turkey and beyond, Lord Jesus. We just thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to let Megan pray for you, so receive a blessing. Come on, somebody. That's how we do it in the Pentecostal church. Receive a blessing. So. Evet, Yarab, seni seviyoruz. Sen en layıksın, en yücelsin, Yarab. Bu aile için sen ateşli gelsin, onların kalbin yaksın, Yarab. Sen egemenli gelsin, onların hayatında. Sen en güzelsin, Yarab. Onlara bereketlisin. Yani onları, onları ailenin iman etsin ya Rab. Güçlü bir şekilde gelsin ya Rab. İsa isminle. Amin. Amen. I should have recognized Amin. So, uh, <laughs> I'm still kind of like, still waiting for more. Come on, fill me up. All right, let's give Megan a big hand. Come on.
I grew up in a church where we would pour into the next generation, where we'd share the gospel with them, and we would talk about missions and talk about the heart for other countries and sharing your faith. And as you do that, it becomes contagious. And Megan goes to Texas Tech University where she gets a heart for Turkey. She learns Turkish. She, she studies it. She goes to a Bible school where she learns about cross-cultural missions and studies and why it matters. And, and then she lives in Turkey for two years. And, and God just does incredible work. And then after that time, she came over here to get filled back up and and, and just let the Lord heal her up for this next season. So we're excited for the next season for Megan. I just want to encourage you, if you call Luminous home, you know, some of your children may be called to missions. They may leave you. This Megan's an only child. I mean, I can't imagine sending my only child, my daughter, overseas. I'm going to say, no, God. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> And yet, and yet she's gone and she's answered a call. It's just tremendous what God is doing. Uh, see, um, who we are defines what we do. Who we are defines what we do, not what we do defining who we are. Who we are defines what we do. If you're taking notes, I got three real quick. That's the first one. And it's important to know this is that you are a Christian, a Christ follower. And as a Christ follower, you are sent on mission by God to share his gospel. Matthew 6, 19 through 21 talks about a struggle, a struggle between um, sharing the gospel or not sharing the gospel, but, but building up something of your own self or your own kingdom. It says, verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That God is talking about an, just an internal significance for your life. For your life, that you would have eternity built up inside of your heart so that you can make an eternal impact within the kingdom. And I'm just going to tell you, Jesus talks about it often, just the temptations of this life and to settle in and to get comfortable in San Antonio and fiesta all year long, right? And, and, and never go do anything except you. And, and it's a big struggle. It's an internal struggle that we have to face. It's, are we going to build up and use our time, our talent, our treasure to expand God's kingdom, not only in this city, but beyond this city? And that is, that is a question that I have for you. Is that something that you are going to start stepping into? And there's a lot of practical ways that you do it. Brandy and I do it by looking at our budget monthly, looking at our expenses and how much of us are we going to do and how much are we going to do for other people. And, and, and somewhere the Holy Spirit will speak and there will be some of your needs taken care of. And then there's going to be moments where you just have to support and give and some of you will have to go. And so this is this is a challenge that Jesus talks about all the time. How are we to allocate our resources? How are we allocating our time, our talent, and our treasure? How are we allocating those? And are you asking the Holy Spirit for the right allocation? Are you asking him to allocate your resources accordingly? Or have you been the decision maker over your budget and your finances? Have you been the decision maker over your talents and the gifts that he's put inside of you? Or is God, are you allowing and involving God in the process? He so wants you to. 
Acts 20, 24. And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, but not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit warms me, <clears throat> warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Rick Warren says this, telling others how they can have eternal life is the greatest thing you can do for them. Telling others how they can have eternal life is the greatest thing you can do for them. Paul, as he's writing this, he knows that I must finish the race. Not only does he write it here, he writes it throughout his epistles. I must finish the race. It, it was like his lifelong preaching to himself. You ever preach in the mirror, you just got to go, you bitch, I mean, you're going to finish the race. You know, you ever preach in the, in the mirror to yourself because the truth is Paul is preaching not just in this moment, but he's preaching through his epistles the same message, the same message. I'm going to finish the race. Whatever comes before me as I'm in prison or, or the threat of prison or the threat of my life, I'm going to preach this gospel. See, Paul knew it real well. Paul, Paul was one of those type A personalities, right? He was just going to go do whatever assignment he was on. The first assignment he was on was to eliminate the Christian religion. He was going to destroy anybody who associated with Christianity. And so he started killing Christians and he witnessed the killing of Christians and he started persecuting the Christians. And, and then Jesus came and gave him a revelation of who he is. And when you give a revelation, when you get a revelation of Jesus, it changes your life forever changes your trajectory, changes your assignment, and all of a sudden you're reassigned to something else. You see, when you follow Christ, there's a reassignment for your life. And a lot of us know this, that there's been a reassignment for our life, and Paul knew that his reassignment was no longer to kill Christians, but it was to spread the gospel. When Jesus got a hold of his life, he said, now I'm going to give my life away and start spreading the gospel. And those, those who pers I, I was with persecuting Christians are now persecuting me, but it's okay because God is with me. And if God is for me, who can be against me? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 20. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. The third thing we need to know, not only are we reassigned, but we are sent people. We are sent people. That we are sent people to be Christ's representatives here on earth. That we would begin to share his story with other people who do not know his glory. 
that we'd share his story with the people around us and that we'd start living on mission, not just on Sunday and not just in the parking lot and not just when you come through the doors or you see somebody in a chair because that's easy to associate with them. And I encourage you to do that. Do not neglect doing that. But I want to encourage you, could we share the message of Christ? Could we be his ambassadors wherever we go? Could we be a sent people? You see, not only do we partner with missionaries like Megan overseas, not only do we send others, but I want to tell you that every Sunday you're sent. Every Sunday you're sent to your workplace, to your neighborhood, to your family, to your friends. We must live as a sent people. Something profound that Megan shared is this, is that she said that when somebody responds to Christ, their immediate obedience is to start sharing Christ. It's so funny how we have it backwards in the West because we're in, a, in an age of knowledge, right? Knowledge. I need to know more before I share. I need to have the degree to be qualified if anybody's going to see me as legitimate. I want to tell you, when you were adopted as a son or daughter, that was your degree. That was your degree. That's all you needed to start sharing the good news of Jesus. And if it really is good news, then we must give it away. We must start telling people. Henry Martin says this, the spirit of Christ is the spirit of missions. The nearer we get to him, the more intensely missionary we become. We must get close to Christ. We must get in proximity to him And the closer you get to him, the more missionary you become. I want to just tell you that your witness is really contingent on, is Jesus Lord of your life? Is he Lord of your life? Is he King of your life? Is he the one who is constantly, constantly the apple of your eye? I want to challenge us to develop a plan for how you will live on mission. This week, I want you to sit down with your spouse or a friend and I want you to develop a plan how you can live on mission this week. I want you to talk about that over lunch. I want you to make it real applicable for your life. So I don't want it to just be a message or hear Megan and you give a couple of dollars to her or a couple of dollars to every nation or whatever it may be. How are you going to live on mission? Let's make it applicable would you stand with me this morning as we begin to close and i said it was going to be the shortest message ever and it was in second corinthians 5 21 after it says that you are christ's ambassador it says this god made him who had no sin to be sin for us God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. God made Jesus the substitution for our sin. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. That he took our place on the cross as the great exchange. He gave his life for our life. He he traded our sin and he took our sin upon himself. He went to the grave with it. 
He did that because he loves you and he loves me. He did that because he wanted you to be his ambassador. He did that because he wanted you to be his son, his daughter. So I just want to ask you real quickly, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never confessed him as Lord, now I'm going to give you an opportunity. With every eye closed and every head bowed, I want to invite you into a relationship with Jesus. As you heard these stories from Megan as she was a witness and ambassador, as I'm up here as a witness and ambassador proclaiming the good news of Jesus, you never made Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, and you want to do that today, would you raise your hand so I could pray for you? I want to do that today. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. For those who want to live on mission more than they are today, maybe you haven't been living on mission lately, I want to encourage you. I would love for you to raise your hand. Pastor, I want to live on mission. I haven't been doing that like I need to. Would you raise your hand high this morning? I'm going to pray for you and those who want to receive Jesus as their Lord. Father, I thank you, God, for who you are. God, I thank you that we live on mission. Lord Jesus, I thank you for those who want to respond to faith in Jesus. I pray, Holy Spirit says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ is Lord. And that he died for your sins as a substitute and he was raised to life so that you could have life. Confess and believe him as Lord this morning. And for those who are not living missional, God, I just pray that you would come right now. Father God, that you would give us application to the message, that you would give us ideas and desires, that you would give us the ability to speak and invite, that God, you would help us articulate the gospel as we know it in our hearts. And God, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would fill everybody up, that we could live on mission for you.